0: I've also got a guaranteed cure for fear and worry today. So stick around. Yeah, a guaranteed cure for fear and worry. Hey, our sponsor today is Audible.com. That's the place where they've got over 150,000 book titles. I'm excited about a couple I'm going to give you today, books that you can listen to. Boy, don't waste that time. That Automobile University, if you're in your car, if you're mowing your yard, if you're out doing a little project on Saturday morning... Be listening to something that rich time of the day that I have every morning when I get out and walk or hit the treadmill, depending on the weather, boy, that's the time when I can fill my brain with positive, pure, clean, uplifting, encouraging, inspiring information. You can do the same. I'll be giving you some clues for how you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and get a free copy of a couple of books I'm going to recommend to you. Well, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Dan, I'd like to follow my passion of being a teacher, but I'd lose 20% of my current salary. My wife's response to my plans was outrage, picturing me in PJs on the couch all day. Well, we ought to have fun with that one. Dan, can I replace my $200,000 income with speaking, writing, and coaching? can your job search methods that you lay out in 48 days work for people with criminal backgrounds as well as the long-term unemployed? I'm going to tell you what we're doing in that area. I need your help in providing resources for people with criminal backgrounds, as well as others in unique niches. I'll tell you a little bit more about that when we get to that question. Well, here's a quotation for today. This comes from David Schwartz. Now, David Schwartz, if you recognize that name, author of the great little book, the magic of thinking big. I'm going to tell you how to get a free copy of that here in a little bit, but here's the quotation that comes from that. Try to feel defeated and smile big at the same time. You can't a big smile gives you confidence. A big smile beats fear rolls away. Worry beats despondency. So that's our quotation. Keep that in mind. A big smile cures a whole lot of things that a lot of us deal with. Well, here's a success story. Peter Herrick. I talked about him last week because he did the voiceover for, I think it was Todd Stocker's new podcast. And he says, Dan, thanks for reading Todd Stocker's note on the most recent 48 Days Online Radio Show. He mentioned that I voiced the bumper for his new podcast that will be starting next month. I had no idea that he would bring up my name in his letter, but I was unbelievably excited and surprised to hear it. I've recently reconnected with the 48 days community and that connected me with Todd as well as James divine. I'm in the process now of recording the audio version of his book. Forgive connections that would not have been made without you. By the way, you were gracious enough to be my guest on a short lived feature. I did for my previous radio employer called it's not luck. Always a fan and always grateful Pete Eric. Well, thanks Pete for an update on that. You know, last night I did our Tuesday brainstorming session. And I had on as my guest, Tony DiLorenzo, who heads up the group in 48 days.net called DIY e-publishing, do it yourself publishing. We talked about a whole lot of examples. and There's a whole lot of success stories coming out of the 48 days community about what people have done in this publishing space, even if they did not write the content. Now, what do I mean by that? Aaron Kerr, put up a note. This has been some time ago, but he put up a note says the little Kindle book that earned me $29,000 in five months. Now what he did was publish a collection of novels that were in the public domain. They were the Anne of Green Gables series. He put them together, just compiled them, put it out there and made $29,000 in five months. Just a really delightful story. If you want to read more about that, I'm not going to take time to go through the details, but you can find it in the 48days.net site. Just just search for $29,000 and it'll bring you right to it. Other people like Andy Traub has written about what he did early to rise. I think he made like $40,000 in six months from his little ebook there a lot of stories about that i've got some others here laying on my desk i haven't had time to go through yet people have sent me books i'll go through and share some of those success stories in the weeks to come for sure well hey let's just let's just end it with that all right now i've got so many questions i want to go through i'm not going to extend this part of the show today but if you've got a success story yeah we want to know about that Shoot me a note. Go to 48days.com. Click on the podcast link. You can leave it there. Or just send that note to me directly at askdanat48days.com. We want to hear your stories, what you're doing, what your new successes are. We'd be happy to share those here on an upcoming edition of 48 Days Online Radio. Well, this question comes from Abe. Who says, Dan, I'm a long time listener to your podcast and have benefited from reading your books. The other day, you mentioned the top 10 definitions of poverty from the Rwandan study. And I found it profound and compelling. Could you direct me to where you received the information and or list them for me? I'd like to be able to provide them to my friends and family. And as it is such a statement of contentment and true wealth. Abraham Gray. Well, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. I'll put a link in, in the notes today that'll take you right to Peter Greer's ebook on Stop Helping Us. That's what, what the title was. And I've referenced that a couple times recently. Got some profound information in there. And one of those was a list of 10 things that people in Rwanda define as poverty. Number one is poverty is an empty heart number two, not knowing your abilities and strengths. Number three, not being able to make progress Four, isolation, five, no hope or belief in yourself, knowing you can't take care of your family, six, broken relationships, seven, not knowing God, eight, not having basic things to eat, not having money, nine, a consequence of not sharing, 10, lack of good thoughts. Those were the things that people in Rwanda who we see as living in poverty listed as the characteristics of really being in poverty. And unfortunately, when we go into cure poverty, what we usually do is give them money. That's a pretty much a band-aid kind of solution. There's other things in that document. Stop helping us again. I'll put a link where you can go directly to that. Another thing I'll just mention again, that is referenced in there that actually comes from a book by Bob Lupton titled toxic charity. He details the negative cycle of giving. And this can be to people in Rwanda, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Kenya, anywhere. Or it can also be to the homeless guy down the street or to your children. Give once and you elicit appreciation. Give twice and you create anticipation Give three times and you create expectation. Give four times and it becomes entitlement. Give five times and you establish dependency. I've come back to that multiple times in the last couple months since I got a hold of that document Stop Help Stop Helping Us. I've shared that. Did a conference call with my mastermind recently drawing from the principles out of there to describe, to try to figure out, you know, how can we do a better job of helping people when often we hurt the ones we're trying to help? Well, anyway, thanks for your question. I'll put that link in the notes. This comes from Cody from Montana. I used your book 48 days to the work you love a couple of years ago. I had good success getting a job as a manufacturing engineer. I like my current job, but have a difficult to work for boss and I keep feeling like my job has no purpose. I'm 27, have a young family of four. I can't tell if my boss is ruining my dream job or if I should be trying another career path. Your insight would be appreciated. Well, Cody, you say you like your current job. I'm not sure how long you've been there. But let me kind of just frame what jobs in the early part of our career usually do. You're 27 years old. So, if you you know, went to college, you maybe been out of school. Yeah, you know, if you're a manufacturing engineer, probably been out of school about five years. That's a pretty short time frame. Usually, those first three or four jobs are part of the clarification process. They're not to force us into a career rut from which there's no escape. So, this might just be part of that clarification process. If you like the work that you're doing, you know, your boss is a jerk. Well, geez, you know what happens to, to bosses? You may come in on Monday morning and that boss is gone. I mean, things change even in small companies, things change really rapidly. So be careful about just moving around in your career path, trying to find the perfect boss may not exist. So if the work is fulfilling for you, if you're enjoying what you're doing, you may have enough of the criteria that would justify staying there for another year or even two. Now I'm not one to say stay, you know, where things are miserable, where there's a toxic environment, all of those things, nah, get out and go, but don't jump because there's just one characteristics about your job. That is not perfectly in alignment. See, this is part of the process. Also recognize your job is not the only criteria by which you define a successful life. I mean, if you're involved in the community, the church, doing other things, extracurricular things, you can have a very successful life, even if your job, again, is not perfect. Now, again, it may be strange to hear me saying this because I want you to be in work that you love, but you present here work that you do like, but just a difficult boss that's something where you, you have to look at all the factors in order to justify making another move based on that alone. Good question though. Nonetheless, Dan, my name is Mike in orange beach, Alabama. My wife's response to my announcement of starting a blog and eventually a podcast was outrage, picturing me in PJs on the couch all day. However, I don't own PJs and I've worked seven days a week for the last 14 years. Unfortunately, she's an accountant turned homeschool mom who is non-entrepreneurial by nature. She's smart, so she should be supportive once she realizes this is for real. I've made a deal that I will try this for a few months, and if I don't build a reasonable following, I will quit. To sweeten the deal, I've agreed to use every free resource and try to spend as little as possible until I prove myself I'm all over this, but would like to recruit a mentor that I will be happy to pay down the road, but would have to go pro bono for the present. Do you have any advice on how to accomplish this? Thanks for the help. Well, I've got lots of suggestions for what you're dealing with. And, and right out of the gate, the fact that your wife is outraged that you are thinking about doing something entrepreneurial and creative. Yeah, success is the greatest revenge. It really is. A little success goes a long way. So don't be too, don't don't throw this in her face. Just quietly start building your success. Start identifying what would this look like? Not only are you going to do a blog and a podcast, but what would it look like in terms of generating income? What could you do in three months, in six months? Could you be generating $2,000 a month in six months? Well, I think you can if you have a reasonable plan. And if you're doing that, all of a sudden your wife will start to have a little bit different attitude about what it is that you're doing. Now, let me address another part of what you're talking about here. That is about getting a mentor, getting help, you know, at no cost. Now, I appreciate your heart on that and not rocking the family budget, but but it's also not really realistic. Well, let me give you a couple very quick resources here. And then I'm going to expand on it a little bit. Now, this is where I want to tell you where you can get a free audio book. So this is free if you are not yet a member of Audible. So if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, you can get a free copy of Brendan Bichard's book, The Millionaire Messenger. How to make a difference and a fortune sharing your advice. It's a small book. I bought Lots and lots of copies that I've given out. I took one this morning to my my chiropractor because he's working on some ideas that I'm helping him with, but took a copy to him. The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Bouchard. It is the best compilation of how to take information and turn that into significant income. Best in best compilation of that I've ever seen anywhere, anytime. Now, another one that I'm going to tell you about that you can get as well is The Magic of Thinking Big. I mentioned that with the quotation for today. David Schwartz. That is one of my all-time top 10 favorite books. I mean, the copy that I have is dog-eared, marked up, tagged with post-it notes. I go back to it time and time and time again. I've taught from it. I've learned myself from it. I mean, there's just a wealth of information in there. I mean, he talks about things the thinking that guides your intelligence, is much, your intelligence is much more important than how much intelligence you may have. Let me read that again. Your intelligence is much, the, I screwed it up again. The thinking that guides your intelligence is much more important than how much intelligence you may have. That comes from the magic of thinking big. That's where he talks about smiling, walking 25% faster, being a front seater. I mean, principles that I've used again and again and again, both for myself and for people that I've had the privilege of working with. But the magic thinking big, go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, get a free copy of that. Now, there's a book that was published in 1959. That's what? That's 55 years ago. You know, success principles are timeless. Now, that's a little book, too, you could probably find at a yard sale or use bookstore for 25 cents. You know, people don't have any understanding of what the value is in a little book like that, there is a immense value in that. But let me expand a little bit here. Now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. This idea of building your own success without having to spend a penny. I think that's a fallacy. I think you're, I think you will lengthen the time required dramatically by doing that. I mean, I talk to people every week who desperately long for a new job or they'd like to start their own business But then when I suggest that they invest in a coaching session or a $17 book, you know, they just, golly, they recoil in horror. You know, some state openly, they don't want to spend any time or money. They just want me to tell them what to do. I mean, I recently had a guy who purchased 48 Days to the Work You Love, and he wrote in, he says, I don't want to spend the time figuring out how to use this book. Isn't there an easier way? Well, I apologize that I don't really know any shortcut. You actually have to read the book and apply it to his situation. But it does, it perplexes me to think that anyone expects to get a great job or or start a successful business, as you're talking about here, without investing in that a little bit. I mean, I've, I'm told that if you put a turkey in a pen, we've I mean, got turkeys running around out here this morning. If you put a turkey in a pen that's eight feet by eight feet and it's entirely open at the top, The bird, while we know it can fly and fly really well, it'll remain a prisoner in that pen. The reason is that a massive bird like that can't take off straight up. It has to have a run of 10 to 12 feet to have the momentum to take off. Without space to run, it will not even attempt to fly, and it'll remain a prisoner in that small jail, even while there is an open sky right above its head. Now, that's kind of the way I see success operating. I mean, athletes don't become superstars overnight. Actors don't go directly to Broadway. Most business people that I see try three or four things before finding one that works. Most first jobs are just part of the learning process, as I already mentioned. And you can't fly without first running. And you can't get to success without investing time, effort, and money. I just registered. I had somebody I was really maxed out for seminars. I was going to go to this year. I've been to a bunch of great ones, but somebody just turned me on to one more. And I did, I registered for a three day seminar. That's going to be in New York city. It's called inbound on September 15th through the 18th. Now just the airfare and hotel expenses are pretty significant, not to mention the registration fee. And I'm not a speaker. I'm just a normal attendee. Why do I so willingly continue to do things like this? Because I don't see it as an expense, but an investment. Now, those of you who are Dave Ramsey followers, lots of you are, you ought to understand this real clearly. There's a big difference between an expense and an investment. If I spend $2,000 on a big screen TV, I'll never recapture that money. It begins to disappear and diminish immediately. But if I spend $2,000 on books, coaching or seminars experience tells me I can maybe make $200,000 from the ideas and new knowledge I'll get. I've seen that played out time after time. I expect that I expect to get a 10 times return for the money I spend freely on books, coaching seminars. I just engaged with a, with a voice coach recently in just one of those areas where I felt like I was losing my edge. I wanted to be able to, to speak, you know, for three hours and still have good volume. I gauge a speech coach. I mean, I do that readily when I, there's an area that I want improvement in. I expect all my high potential clients to read, listen and apply helpful principles. Many of them started their own success explosion by engaging in, you know, my Eagles Club coaching or coming to our Coaching with Excellence event or one of our other events. And I hear from lots of others who say they want more success, but then I see them buy a new car, a new lawnmower, a new boat. Mm -hmm. They've got a $60 a month cable bill. And all the time they're saying they can't afford a book or a seminar. Why do you think their success is blocked? I mean, I've got a proposal, for you. I would propose that if you commit to reading and listening to positive materials for 30, day, 30 minutes a day for six months, you can expect to double your income. But now to get that material, get your hands to that material. Yeah, you can get a lot of free content out there with podcast and your first book from Audible. But don't be afraid to purchase books. I mean, there's a brand new book out called Business Brilliance. Man, I mean, as soon as I heard it talked about, boom, I ordered a copy. There's one about Drucker and me, Bob Buford's new book. Boom, I just ordered that. I want to get that where he talks about the time that he was able to spend with Peter Drucker and how it shaped his business success. But again, my proposal is if you spend 30 minutes a day for six months listening to positive, encouraging, uplifting, instructional material, you can expect to double your income. Now, I'd love to have you take me up on that. Now, we get a lot of stories in here. Take me up on that. Double your income. I'd like to buy you a lunch so I can learn from your story. Now, if you do that, if you listen to positive material for 30 minutes for six months every day and don't double your income, I'll buy your lunch anyway and try to help you figure out what happened. I mean, just decide what you're willing to put into the process of bringing new success into your life. But keep in mind, if you don't allow yourself enough room to fly, to run rather, you'll never fly. Now, here's really what I recommend. Brian Tracy talks about this. I've heard others, certainly not original with me. I recommend that you invest 3% of your total income in yourself. That meaning in books, audio programs, seminars, and workshops. 3%, just give yourself a budget. Don't always see a new book or go into a seminar as, wow, you just got to squeeze it out somewhere because there's no room in your budget. Budget it in 3%. If you budget in 3%, I mean, that means if you're making $4,000 a month, that's $120 a month. Well, that'll get you several good books. So that'll be a deposit toward coaching session or going to a seminar. If you make $2,500 a month, that's $75. If you make $10,000 a month. Get used to investing in yourself. You'll be amazed at the return that you see. That's how I've always approached my path. I need to invest. I need to pour a little water down the pipe if I'm going to wet the diaphragm so it can then start pulling water from deep down on the ground. It takes a little investment to start to do that. Same thing is true with our success. Now there's a lot of opportunities to start businesses today with very, very little capital. I'm working with a young physician right now and we're working on developing an on online course, a couple of them. And he was, uh, you know, mentioning the cost for this, that, and the other thing, the video. And I said, okay, you're right. But I said, this is not like opening your own clinic where we've got to go down and negotiate a lease, sign a five year lease agreement at $4,000 a month. You know, do a build out, bring in fixtures, equipment, hire staff. I mean, you could be looking at a quarter of a million dollars before you ever open the door for the first client to come in. That's not what we're talking about here, to develop a little online course, but be be realistic about the little investment that is required and see your success in the same way. See this as an investment. I mean, if you knew that you could invest money and get a 10 times return, my gosh, you'd get any money that you can get your hands on. You'd take money from other things that you needed for and invest it. Could you get 10 times return on it? That's exactly what I expect when I invest in the materials that I do for my own sickness. I expect a 10 times return. If I go to a seminar that costs $500, I expect to get one idea that's going to make me an additional $5,000 this year. I've always looked at it like that. And that's proven to be true again and again and again. When I went to Mark Victor Hansen's seminar, Megabook University back in 2002, I was just trying to figure out, wow, people are asking for this material that I've put together in a little three ring binder. You know, is there really a way to sell this? Well, his seminar I think was $695 plus airfare and hotel. Joanna and I both went to that. So let's say that we had $1,500, $1,600 invested in that. We came back, and in the next two years, I sold over $2 million worth of that little three-ring binder, 48 Days to the Work You Love. You've heard me talk about that. It was because I, I would not have known what to do had I not invested in that seminar. And that was at a time where you know, that was a lot of money for me. That was a big expense for me to do, but I was totally confident that I could get at least a 10 times return. And as it turned out, it was many, many multiples more than that. Well, let me, let me go on here. Here's another one. It's kind of related. Eduardo says, I just started listening to your podcast, ordered your book from Amazon. The more I listen, the more interested I get on what options I can evaluate to create a regular income stream that eventually will replace my current job. I'm currently looking for additional income. I'm a very successful career chef I have a great position that I really enjoy. Of course, there are good and bad days, but overall, it's great. I manage my work hours to the point that I've reduced my work week from over 70 to under 60 hours per week. The goal is to average 55, which is reasonable for my field. My income is close to $200,000. I currently have about 10 hours per week to dedicate to this. I have no time pressure to replace my income, but I'd like to lay the foundation to eventually create a significant source of income and give up my day job. This could be a two to five year plan. I'm looking into possibly branching out into speaking, writing, and coaching as you should suggest in your podcast. I don't have a blog, much less a platform. Where do you recommend I start? What are the less time consuming options with the best ROI? Thanks in advance for your time. Hope to hear from you soon. Well, thanks for your question, Eduardo. Sounds like you're in a great position to be in where you're controlling the hours, making extraordinary income, and you want to create this transition. So you are very much in the driver's seat all the way through. Now, again, I'd recommend that you go to audiblepodcast.com 48 days, grab your free copy of The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Bouchard, that addresses exactly what you're talking about, how you can take your speaking, writing and coaching and leverage that leverage the core message that you have, whatever that is, so that you create significant income. Now, another thing or another resource for you is I recently did an interview with Michael Hyatt that was that they shared with their platform university, uh, but then he put it into a podcast that I can give you a link to. But the title of that, that we titled that is how to make $150,000 this year from your platform. And I go through how to take your message and how to use a blog, a podcast, audio products, instructional manuals, those kind of things, how to leverage that. And well, I mean, certainly I'm not going to say easily, but when you start to look at the potential of leveraging your message in the way that I lay out there, $150,000 is certainly reasonable. I mean, I did that. Well, I I really can't think back how many years ago it would have been when I first hit those kind of numbers. But uh, certainly at this point, you know, I expect single products to do that and more. But uh, again, I don't want to just you know lay that out as walk in the park. But if you go through that, I'll give you a link to that interview. How to make $150,000 this year from your platform. I think that'll help you. It sounds like you're ready to go. You're in 10 hours a week is adequate time, totally adequate time to do exactly what you're talking about. And I suspect that once you see the potential here, this is not going to be a, a two to five year plan. I suspect you're going to shorten the time frame on that as you see the potential. Brent from Akron, Ohio says, Dan, I've been building an online platform for the past 10 months at FeedLeaders.com for blogging, coaching, and speaking opportunities. I originally set out to help church leaders not burn out, but stand out in leadership and ministry. Lately, I've been getting feedback that I should open up my target audience to include other leaders, such as business leaders, not just church leaders. I've always heard to niche down with phrases like the riches are in the niches. What do you think? Should I stay Focused on targeting church leaders, or open up to include all leaders too. For an example, you know, business, education, government leaders, and so on. Thanks for all your help, Dan. You're a great inspiration to me. Well, thanks for your note, Brad. I appreciate it. I do believe in creating a clear niche, but that can come in 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 ways that'll fit what you're describing here. When you say. The you niche down to the issues of burnout and leadership. That itself is a niche. Now there are some unique things that church leaders deal with and the, the environment that they're in has some unique characteristics. Frankly, I think that's so enormous in and of itself that you'd never run out of potential clients doing just that. And really I'd recommend that you do that, that you make it clear that that is your focus. You will naturally attract leaders in other areas as they see your work and hear testimonials concerning how to avoid burnout. One of our coaching mastery um, people right now is uh, Dr. Clark Gaither. And he's very experienced in the area of physician burnout. And we've had this discussion. So we built his site with Dr. Burnout. Dr. Burnout is kind of his that is, that's his mantra, that's his site, that's his brand, Dr. Burnout. Now, you recognize what we did there. Instead of saying physician, we said doctor. So it could include you know, PhDs, it could include veterinarians, chiropractors, dentists, a whole host of other things, people who are also doctors. So we opened it up, opened the door for that a little bit. But his explicit focus is going to be to physicians. I think you ought to do that here. Again, that market is so enormous. I mean, John Maxwell tells us there's, what, like 1,800 pastors a month who are leaving their positions, either voluntarily or being forced out. 1,800 pastors, let alone all the other church leaders who are experiencing burnout. I mean, the church is going through a really volatile time right now. I think you can just focus on that and have as big a market as you could possibly handle, and then you'll get the natural gravitation of other leaders who recognize the principles that you're using. Daisy says, I'd like to follow my passion of being a teacher, but I'm not sure what is the best way to go about it. I would lose 20% of my current salary if I go into teaching, but will be back where I left off in about two years. First year teachers earn $49,000 and I'm currently making $62,000 as a secretary. I know I should be teaching, but I want to move up in salary, not down. What would you advise? Should I follow my passion anyway? This is the only income for my family. Well, Daisy, I appreciate your question, but I do not accept the clear dichotomy that you present. Here, here's an example. I was on a, doing a interview, a radio interview, not too long ago on Moody radio, Moody radio out of Chicago on midnight, uh, midday connection with Anita Lustria and Melinda Schmidt had a caller who was a school teacher. She said, I was a school teacher in a Christian school, loved the environment, loved the students, loved the parental support, but I was just making peanuts. So I moved to another school. I doubled my income. But now I don't enjoy the environment. I don't have the support of the parents like I was used to. And I'm caught, should I stay here in a job that I don't really like or go back to where I love the environment, but sacrifice in lower pay? My question is, Who convinced you those are the only two options? Why would you think that those are the only two? Why is it unreasonable to expect an environment where you enjoy it, you love the students, you have parental support, and you make more money than you've ever dreamed of? I mean, these things are not written in stone. When you say first-year teachers earn $49,000, we can walk around the country and find examples that are $20,000 one way or the other from that. So I assume you're talking about just where you are. Don't assume it's written in stone like that. There's a whole lot of variation in what first year students make, depending on if you're in a public school, if you're in a parochial school, you know, look at all the options. There's a lot of options. If you want to teach, then go into teaching, but go into it with the expectation that you will in fact move your salary up, not down, do something unique. I mean, you could find a unique school. I mean, when, you, when we talk about teaching, it's easy to think immediately, well, a public school in my town with 32.5 kids sitting in, in the seats in there. Well, that's just a generic application of teaching. You could be a teacher, you know, working with 20 students of IBM executives living in Acapulco, Mexico and making an $80,000 a year. I mean, broaden your expectations for what you could do with teaching if in fact teaching is what you do. Yes, I commend you on wanting to move toward your passion, that being teaching. Sure, but do it with the anticipation that it's going to meet other needs that you have in your life as well. The fact that you've been working for a long time, you've got work history that it puts you in a different category than a first year teacher who just graduated from college last year. So expect everything that you want, expect the positive combination of things that you want where you don't have to just choose from a very tight menu. Kyle says, I work in social services. I'm a huge fan of your books. I work with the program transition, transitioning people out of generational and situational poverty. My question is, can your job search methods work for people with criminal backgrounds as well as the long-term unemployed? Do you have any advice for these people who have had a more difficult time with their job search Thanks for your time. Well, Kyle, thanks for your question. That's a question that's near and dear to my heart. And yes, we are going to address that. I mean, Joanna's spent years working with gals coming out of the Tennessee prison for women. So we're used to these kind of questions. People with criminal backgrounds have a whole lot of obstacles. We know that. Nobody will hire them. Nobody will rent to them. Nobody will sell them a car. I mean, it's, it's amazing the obstacles that they have. And frankly, their best choices usually are moving into things that are more entrepreneurial and creative because it doesn't have the restrictions that a typical job does. That being said, without going into it any more depth, 40 Days to the Work You Love, the new version comes out in January. This is now August when I'm speaking. I have outlined eight Monographs. That means small books, 48 pages each, that are going to address the needs of unique niches. Those who have a criminal background, those who just got out of the military, those who just graduated from college, housewives who need to re-enter the workplace, those who are disabled. I mean, those are some of the ones we are we have just outlined a template that will fit for all those eight categories. And what I want to do is I want to put it out there to everybody so that any of you that have information that would be valuable in those unique niches would be able to go in and just add it to an expanding document that everybody can see. I hope that makes sense. When I announced that I was looking for input, what I should include in the new version of 48 days to the work you love, I had enough copy sent to me in individual comments and emails that would compile over three entire books. It took a lot of time to sort through that and pull out what I wanted. What I want to do here is put out a template for those with a criminal background. What are their unique disadvantages? What training programs are available to help them? What employers are open to them? Those kind of things so that any of you that have information in that area can start putting it in there so that by January, we've got eight of those subtitles ready to go for those unique categories. Thanks for your question. And you can expect to see a blast about that within the next 10 to 14 days where we'll get a whole lot of great input from all the brilliant people in the 48 Days community, which they certainly are. Nick from Birmingham says, I just turned 19. I'm preparing to start my freshman year at the University of Alabama. Over the past five years, I've been a volunteer audiovisual crew member at my church and have gained a ton of pro video experience as a way to get some income flowing during my college years. I would love to start a video consulting company. My dream is to help individuals that want to get into videography, video podcasting, or even live video production. I know for a fact that I have the knowledge base, experience, and people skills to help others, but how do I get that first client? What's the best and hopefully scalable way to get myself and services out there? Well, Nick, thanks for your question. It's a great question. It's a timely question. A couple of weeks ago on my Tuesday night brainstorming session in the 48Days.net community, my guest was Jeff Long, who does exactly what you're talking about. Jeff has done video work at lots of our major events. He did the little time-lapse video on showing the creation of our newest eagle that we have in the property, the bronze eagle that we call Athena. He did that little video. You can find that on our site, different places. He's done a lot of that. We spent an hour talking about exactly the questions that you're talking about here. How to present yourself as a videographer and get paid for that. I mean, how how, how do you show your work as being Worthy of pay when you show up for a wedding, there are 30 people with video cameras, that being from their iPhone on up. I mean, it's hard to stand out. Jeff did an amazing job of addressing those issues. So I'll link to that in the show notes. That's easier than me trying to go through a lot of the things we talked about. So I'll link to that Jeff Long interview on how to position yourself in the videography business and how to use it effectively in your own business too. So we covered some more things in there. Well, here's a question that comes from Joshua who says I'm on day 19 of the process to the point where I need to identify my 30 to 40 companies. My situation is that I live in a rural area and would like a telecommuting job with a regional company. I'm an experienced software developer by day. So I think I should be able to find remote work. Can you give any updates, tips or resources beyond the company identification process that's discussed in the current 48 days book? Tips specifically for targeting telecommuter-friendly companies would be great. Thanks for all you do. I have entrepreneurial aspirations as well, and I'm digging the Tuesday night brainstorming sessions. Josh, well, thanks, Josh. Glad you're digging those Tuesday night sessions. I'm digging doing them, incidentally. We've got some great people lined up going to be bringing in some surprise guests along the way, but people that we can just ask questions of and just discuss this whole process of growing our successes together. You know, the kind of model that we use in the 48 days.net community is a rising tide raises all ships. And we've seen that borne out again and again and again. Now as for your question, you live in a rural area, you don't know, like a telecommuting job. In 48 Days to the Work You Love, in the current version, I talk a lot about how to identify those 30 to 40 target companies, companies that you could see yourself potentially being connected with. It has nothing to do with who's hiring, where they have job postings. Once you see those things, it's too late. You want to take action before you see those things and find those 87% of the jobs that are in what we call the hidden job market jobs that are not yet posted anywhere. Those are the ones that we want to go after. And I use a process there where you can draw a circle that's 15 miles from your house, 15 mile radius and just identify companies there. Now what you're describing is different than that because if you're willing to telecommute, then geography doesn't have as much bearing on that. The process is still one of just identifying those 30 to 40 companies and to do the research on that, there ought to be companies that you have heard about. I mean, if you, need to, if you need to go through a chamber of commerce listing in your town and surrounding towns, it's still advantageous to target companies that are close by you. But it could be somebody that's 40 or 50 miles away and still work rather well, or you may need to go in once a week. So I would encourage you to do that. But you know, don't be constrained by those that are simply already advertising positions. There you've lost your opportunity. You need to go to companies where you think there would be a good match, make them part of your target list. And you can do that in your case, even if they aren't geographically centered near you. Identify the industry. You can go to resources like Hoover's business directory. You can access that online and just uh, pull up the kind of companies that you're interested in. You can look at the The profile, the company, who the decision makers are, get all that information from Hoover's business directory, and then put those on your target list as well. Then move right through the job search process. As I laid out in 48 days, that's not going to change a whole lot in the new version. It's still a matter of making those repeated contacts, being creative, showing yourself as a unique candidate. Just got a link yesterday from somebody who, who lists 30 creative resumes, and they are outrageous. They're hilarious but they are really exceptional. That's going to be one of the links. We're, we're building a whole new back end of resources for the new book that'll be linked from the book to a site on our 48 dscom site where we're going to have a lot of current, ongoing, updated resources. And that's going to be one of those. Love the new technology. Isn't it cool how we can take things and make it easier? Because of the technology. Well, hey, just a couple reminders. You know, l- let me just uh, play you real quick here. Th- this is something we've talked about. I haven't played this in Are a while. you ready to vacation with purpose. Join Dan there you go. and join Vacation and the with host the purpose. I love that. On the celebrity silhouette for the ultimate advantage cruise the purpose and power of vital relationships. The celebrity silhouette embarks from Fort Lauderdale on February 15th, 2015 for seven days and six nights. We hope to see you there. For all the details, including bonuses, booking information, and how you can cruise for free, go to 48days.com slash ultimateadvantagecruise. What better way to kick off 2015 and give yourself the ultimate advantage? It's a beautiful Well, that's our buddy Pierce Mars who did that little promo for the cruise. You know, just yesterday I pulled together the list of people who are currently registered for that, gave it to Joanne, and she's going to start communicating with everybody. Joanne, my wife, is going to start communicating with everybody that's going on the cruise, so we start sharing ideas and who wants to do what and who wants to go on what kind of a tour and what kind of goofy things we can do together. We'll arrange karaoke together, and I'll share with you my version of Elvis Presley's You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, it's going to be a great time together. We'd love to see you join us there. If you got questions, you know, shoot your questions in. Ask dan at 48days.com or just go to the 48days.com site. Click on the podcast link. You can just fill it in there. Love to consider your question for an upcoming podcast. Well, we appreciate your being part of this amazing group that we've got here. Always a privilege to interact with people who are on the same path people who know they aren't going to settle for mediocre. They want more. And we're in this exciting process of finding or creating work that is in fact meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.